0: All right, mate, and welcome to episode seven of the All Right Mate podcast. How are you, GM?
1: I'm absolutely grand. I'm basking in the glory of a Friday afternoon. Work is done and now 48 plus hours of leisure.
0: I think we've hit the sweet spot with these, mate. Haven't we? We've recently moved our recording times to Friday afternoons, mate, and it's uh, a good time of day to do it, isn't it?
1: Saturdays. I used to do it at 3 p.m. Tommy used to make me get out of bed. At the ungodly hour of 3pm to do a podcast.
0: Not good, Not is it, on. mate? Yeah, it's disgusting. Just get it out of the way, get it done, and then we can all move on with our weekends, can't we? Absolutely. So, before we get into the usual fun and shenanigans of our episodes, I think it's only right that we acknowledge today being slightly melancholy, despite the fact it's a Friday. And the reason being, we're covering the PlayStation 4. Now, when Graham and me first thought up this little podcast, it was very much centred around the premise of us reminiscing about the launches of the major consoles throughout our lives. And we're ultimately at the end of that process, mate, aren't we?
1: We've run out of PlayStations.
0: What are we going to talk about in the future? Board games?
1: Fatherhood. No, we're yeah. not going down that. Bulls. No.
0: Snooker. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but we'll come up with some, don't worry about it. But
1: wrestling. Yeah, wrestling. Yeah, we we're officially going to do a wrestling podcast, so
0: we are we are Big so fan of the
1: squared circle
0: wrestlemania is coming up mate isn't it And i think we're mm. going to in the coming weeks look to review an old wrestlemania and then do a further episode reviewing the most recent one. So you've got that to look forward to so we've got at least two more episodes in us before we're out of ideas so all good but yeah <laughs> covering the ps4 today um very excited really excellent console loads to say about it an absolutely outstanding array of games to discuss as well. But before we get into all that, Graham, what have you been playing since we last spoke? What have you been dabbling away at?
1: Been playing The Last of Us 2. I think I mentioned on the previous one that I've completely sacked that Dragon, that terrible Dragon Ball Z game off. That's gone down the pan. Um, yeah. But yeah, Last of Us 2, absolutely incredible. I'm not too far through it, um, but what I've seen so far, it's everything that the first one had and more. Um I saw what you you mentioned about the um when you upgrade a new weapon and it's got its own little unique little animation.
0: Very cool isn't it the
1: attention to detail in that game is outstanding and of course some very sad plot plot points which I won't go into but yeah absolutely fantastic game. What's been playing I bought um Crash Team Racing because it was 13 quid on the PlayStation store. So that's been a fun little multiplayer me and emma
0: who's winning uh,
1: well yeah me um the actual single player on that is pretty difficult because you're having to um master the old drift power speed boost thing which i haven't quite done yet because mm. i'm a big mario kart fan and you can easily win without doing that to be honest so i'm not gonna have to get that under my belt but as long as i'm winning against emma that's all that matters yeah i got that destruction all-stars game which is all right you know it's it's more bearable than fortnite i think um it's remember we previously tried to compare it to destruction derby 2 it's kind of as as i predicted then it's not as gritty it's very cartoonish very aimed at um, very young children. It's basically
0: it's very Fortnite, Fortnite isn't it? Yeah, yeah, Fortnite means Destruction Derby in the look of it anyway. It I is, think.
1: but I don't think it's going to have that annoying sort of following that Fortnite had. Um, some really annoying YouTubers playing that game. I can't, there's one of them I just want to punch in the head. Um, <laughs> but other than that, I've been playing Undertale a tiny bit. Um, sort of, and The Last of Us 2 is making me reach for the rope and to hang myself off the ceiling (laughs) Bit of undertale. Um, Just nice fun. Well, that's, um, it's one of my games to mention later. So I'll talk um, more in depth about that because yeah, it's outstanding game. Other than that, not a lot. Because, you know, that's that's a fair few games to be getting on with there. So what what about you, Thomas?
0: First of all, I'm very glad that you've finally taken the plunge and gone for The Last of Us, mate. So I know it's one that's been on your backlog for a while and, I think it'll be money well spent, mate. I'm sure you'll enjoy it a lot. After that, you've got to play Ghost of Tsushima because you will adore that game, I think. Um, What have I been playing? I must admit, I can't remember if I mentioned this two weeks ago, not on the football um, Premier League podcast we did, Um, but I got Hitman 3. Um, I was not going to just because of the fact that You know, as much as I like the Hitman games I've played before, I was a bit like, I don't really want to pay full price for it. But it got the better of me, mate. I got my refund for um, Cyberpunk and thought, why not? So I got myself Hitman 3, long since finished that. Um, And it was very good, would recommend. I think I got it for 50-odd quid. I mean, it does look beautiful, but I'd probably wait a bit if if you can be bothered to hang on, just wait a bit. Um, But very enjoyable game and very replayable. I could imagine myself going back to it. Quite strategic. Yeah, yeah. It definitely uh, has elements of that to it, although it can all go to shit pretty quickly, but um, very fun levels and different ways to sneak in. One of the cool features with it that I didn't know is that if you add Hitman 1 and 2, you can actually import the levels from those games into 3 and play like the whole game through in a 1er. So I've actually since bought Hitman 2 because oddly I realised I'd not played that and um, I'd only played Hitman 1, so it's still in its wrapper. Um, I got it off the old Amazon because it was, like, full price on the PlayStation Store. But I've got that to dig into at some point. But since then, mate, I've actually gone back, and again, I might have mentioned this last week or the week before, but um, I've actually gone back to Assassin's Creed Valhalla and given mm. that a go because it one of the launch titles I got, I think, as we discussed in our first-ever episode. Probably played it for 50 minutes to an hour but the other two games i had were drawing me in um i'm probably now about 15 hours into assassin's creed so i've put a decent amount of time in there's things i really like about i love the setting love that it's in england um really fun um massive open world as always really don't like the combat of assassin's creed games and i think i know why i've tried to Flirt around the reasons why a few times when we've talked, but you know, like what you maybe want but in Ghost of Tsushima, for example, the whole point is that you are a samurai, so you've got your samurai sword, and the combat with that is so varied and different stances you can use, and different moves you can do. Really, really kind of essential to the game is the the combat and gameplay. With God of War, which I'm sure will come up as we talk today about PS4, you have his lithi- lithi- and, um Axe and you know the shield and eventually the other weapons you get. And there's a very specific set of weapons that are all balanced and play really well. On Assassin's Creed, you kind of can use anything, can't you? Spears, swords, axes. It's all just a bit wishy-washy, the combat. I just I always feel like when I'm fighting lots of people, it's just very hack and slash and random and not very skillful and yeah, other than that bit, I'm enjoying but not not a massive fan of the combat.
1: I feel it's very much they've put a lot of emphasis on the aesthetics of it. To, timed in, timed it to come out on the PS5 launch, and they want an amazing looking game. But yeah, yeah, I I agree. There are just sort of some wishy-washy sort of stuff to it, and I'd be impressed if anybody could just have just sat there and played it from start to finish all in one go. So I might come back to it. Maybe in the future, but yeah, yeah it's uh, just like, as I said before, it's got a bit repetitive and you'll probably find that when you, especially if you find the combat a bit Mr. Yeah. or When you time <laughs> that your mission involves raids, you'll, you'll get a bit,
0: yeah, I must admit, I already see that pattern falling into it already, and you know I'm enjoying it. But this week's a good example of. It's been a couple of nights this week where I could have played on my computer, but I wasn't really moved to do so. And um, so, I don't see myself seeing it all the way through to the end. I'm enjoying it so far, though. It's a nice little game. Um, Quite a good game to be able to just put a podcast on, do a bit of grinding, doing a few raids, getting a few little bits, going looking for things on the map. I'll be honest, the story, I've been following it a bit, but I skip a lot of the dialogue. I read it, so I know what's going on, but I just skip through it to speed it all up a bit. Um, but no, that's all right. Bits. Oh, God, yeah. Well, I'm not even going <laughs> to go into that. Why? I'm not going to go into it, but it's the most pointless mechanic in a game I've ever seen. Just do away with that, have it as historical game. It's not a um,
1: story as a Viking.
0: And I, I know I've made these comparisons before, mate, but for me Ghost of Tsushima, which I've got lots to say about later, is a perfect Assassin's Creed game in that it's set in like feudal Japan. Um, there's none of the futuristic bullshit and it just does that kind of game better than what Ubisoft do, in my opinion. Um, other than that, mate, I downloaded um, Control, which was one of the free PlayStation Plus games this month, which has also coincided that with a PS5 patch for it, free of charge, mm. which is very nice. That is the next one on my list, and I'm really looking forward to playing that because I've heard great things about it. I never played it originally on PS4, but it sounds right up my street, um, so very much looking forward to that. But that's it, mate. At the moment, that's what I've been playing. Very good.
1: Yeah, I might give um, Control a down sort of like a person with telekinetic sort of powers, is it? And-
0: yeah, the, the very little bit I know about it, and this is a random one. Do you remember a game called Alan Wake, which was on the xbox I remember it
1: it. i never played
0: it i remember playing a little bit of it i think a major mechanic of it was that you were in like a really dark forest or dark place and you only had a torch light and it was a bit supernatural anyway it's the people who made that game i believe have made control and it's meant to be set in the same universe but you start i've already played the first five or ten minutes of it you start off in a um like in an office building and going into it's It's like, basically, it's like a department of mysteries, if you like, and all this weird stuff's gone on. And yeah, I think, I don't really know the overall premise, but it's very supernatural and strange and a bit creepy. But um, I liked what I played of it so far, mate, and we'll definitely be finishing that um, once I'm done with Assassin's Creed, I think.
1: Really good, very good. Played any more Final Fantasy VII Remake? Or... I haven't, mate. Uh... Delete, deleted it.
0: No, it's still on there, and I will get back to it. I, I don't know what it is about itself. So I it just hasn't quite charmed with me. I think again, when you know, in the combat bit where you can swap between different characters and mm. different do I, I just don't really like that. I like playing as just one character that you are throughout. But I will go back to it. I will give it more of a chance. Just at feel the like moment. a
1: teacher asking you for your homework, <laughs> which you've not done. <laughs>
0: It, it, that is exactly what it's like, mate, and I feel under pressure and hot around the collar, but Dog I will it, go back a and play it. I will play it, I promise. Just at the moment, there's other things I want to give a go before giving that another turn.
1: Grand job. Lovely. So, um So we did um, ask you for your um, PS4 titles um, in the old mailbag. Going back to our last one, I did actually ask a Leeds fan what he, um, because remember, we took all the teams in the league and we graded them. Um, Now, my friend Henry Naylor, who's a devout Leeds fan, has given his verdict on the Yorkshire club.
0: And just while Graham pulls that up, just to remind you, all Graham was pretty fucking disparaging about Leeds, it has to be said, called Marco Bielsa a bald fraud, I heard.
1: (laughs) Guardiola, that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. here we go I'm not going to read out the name of the WhatsApp group because it's very foul so this is what he says we made a great start to the season we've found a gem in Rafinha very agree with that did
0: you see, just on that note, sorry to interrupt you did you see Um, his little nutmeg on Gary Cahill Um, last week when they played Palace absolutely filthy mate, they're down I by the down by the um kind of byline, you know, just with the ball about to go out to play for a corner. Gary Kale's running across from the edge of the box. Rafinha, like turns with his back heel, puts it through Gary Kale's legs and like runs mm-hmm. round him and he pulls him down for free kick. Yeah.
1: Reminds me of yeah. Berbatov's little flick near the um yeah. Yeah. T- touch line. But yeah, um Red Liverpool are maybe interested it's in
0: heard, him. Mate. Yeah, so i heard.
1: Don't. Anyway. We found a gem in Rafinha and shown that we haven't needed to spend an astronomical amount on New 11 to compete in the Premier League. We are showing some age-old problems from Bielsa's reign in that we need too many chances to score goals, with Patrick Bamford being particularly liable and an inability inability to speak.
0: Use your words.
1: And an inability to defend set pieces well. That being said, for a newly promoted side with expectations to stay up, we've done brilliantly, and I'd say 8 out of 10 for our season so far. So he's he's not giving a letter. He's Sounds done a new Sounds like a B
0: to me, that, mate, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. I can't really disagree with much he said there, apart from the positive points. Um, <laughs> so, we asked for your PS4 titles. So, my nephew, Josh Wilford. Um, Gran Turismo. No, I've not played Gran Turismo since the PS1 days. And it was still... Because I remember just doing the little driving, like you had to learn to drive the car. And it's like, really? Because you had to drive it down the road and then brake in this certain area. Now, I imagine doing that in a real car would be quite tricky because you get into a speed and then remember to brake at a certain time. But on a... PlayStation X to go and then square. It just seemed a bit too realistic for no reason, but I'm sure at the moment, I'm sure the more latest generation ones are very good.
0: Yeah. I know I've played a little bit of grand Turismo because, and, I, and I, look, I'm not a particularly car fan. I don't drive in real life, let alone computer games. But um It was a weird release, I seem to remember, of Gran Turismo because it was meant to be a launch title. It was either Gran Turismo 4 or 5 or something like that. And then it was not ready in the release, kind of like a light version of it. I think it was called like Gran Turismo Sports or something, or Spec 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 maybe. And it was like a light version of it, and then it eventually, I think, came out properly later. But I do remember playing one of those two versions. It looked really nice. It played really well. But it is a simulator. You know, like there's other games like Burnout and... Drift on Xboxes of like that, which are more kind of arcade and fun. Mm. Gran was meant to be like a simulator, isn't it? It's for car enthusiasts, I guess. Yeah, but, yeah. It's, it's a synonymous, imagine. synonymous with PlayStation, though, isn't it? Been their kind of exclusive flagship driving game. So good choice.
1: Just like the, sort of the learning to drive a bit reminded me of Driver, mm. Driver for the PS One, where the whole the start of the game was you were in like a multi-story car park. Abysmal place to learn how to drive a car. <laughs> And that was like, the hardest part of the entire game, just doing all these different stuff on this little handwritten list that they gave you. Um, and Cross Bandicoot, I imagine the remaster version of that game. Um, Emma Thurkill, it's so annoying how it didn't play ITV catch up properly.
0: Fucking hell. Write to Sony and tell them.
1: Yeah. I don't think I played that game, Emma. But I think this was a point. Before we actually bought a TV aerial, because I was being too stingy to pay for an aerial, so every, everything we wanted to watch, we had to go on the PS4 and go on the respective on-demand stuff You don't need certainty. a
0: TV, Emma. I'll just act it all out for you. What show do you want to watch?
1: <laughs> Down to Nabby. All oh, right, I'll just lay on the floor and do fuck all. <laughs> Terrible TV series. If you're a fan of that, please look for something more interesting to do with your lives and to watch. Um, Lee Davis, he's done his top ten here. God Jesus. of War is God of War, which we'll go into. Red Dead Two, which we've talked about in the past. Um, Inside, which is one of my honourable mentions, so we'll go into that later. Um, Last of Us Two, which we've mentioned. Um, Titanfall Two. Never played Titanfall.
0: It was a free game on PlayStation Plus a little while ago, so I do have it, and I've played a bit of it because the first one, I think. From memory, was only an Xbox game, um, maybe anyway. I might be getting that wrong, but I never played the first one anyway. But played a bit of it. It was very fun, very good game. I should have finished it. I don't know why I didn't. But
1: um, Bloodborne, excellent, excellent game. game, mentioned in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, Ratchet and Clank. <clears throat> I think I, I can't remember if it was that or Jack and Daxter that I played, and I can't differentiate between the two. Um, Witcher three. I think that was one of the launch titles, wasn't it, for the PS4? I
0: can't remember, mate. It probably came out quite early in the lifespan yeah. of it. I don't I rem- know if it was at launch, but I know it was pretty probably early on.
1: I did have that um, when the console first came out. Um, Ghost of Tsushima. Um, and Death Stranding. Very weird, bizarre game from Hideo Kojima, I believe.
0: With Metal Gear fame, mate, yeah.
1: <laughs> Indeed. <Little coughs> list, that. Um, and then Aaron Best, um, FIFA, pick and choose a FIFA game, Battlefield. I think that's an, very much an online shoot 'em up, isn't it? Star yeah. Wars Battlefront, Formula One, NFL. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> By the way, to the people who stayed up on Sunday night and watched it until like the early hours. What are you doing? I imagine you you must have booked the Monday off. <laughs> oh,
0: surely, like, surely.
1: Me and Tom Dobb watch a Premier League game at three o'clock, letting on the fucking NFL game. <laughs> oh I? oh look, um Johnson's thrown the ball three yards. Right, let's go back to the studio and talk about it for twenty minutes. No. Um and Death Destiny, which I think is a very early title as well.
0: Yeah, definitely got a, a type there, mate. by the sounds of it. He's an online gamer, I would say, because... I think he, he plays talks. a
1: lot with his um, siblings, Does oh, parents. Nice.
0: Yeah, well, some, there's some games that I've played, a couple of them are, are quite good games, but, yeah, very much a multiplayer kind of set of games. So none of them personally would be anywhere near my uh, top games list, but, hey, different strokes of different folks. Not Star Wars? Star Wars no, because, again, it's a, it's a multiplayer game. Right, again, yeah. I think a in the last couple of months, it's been free on PlayStation Plus, or I've got it from that anyway. And I actually had a go play in the campaign and it was all right, but
1: <laughs> it's all right. Five out of 10, yeah. C-grade. So yeah, those are my. That, that's the old uh, mailbag. Thanks very much for your contribution. Thanks to Emma in particular for uh, on-demand problems. <laughs>
0: I think the only one um, I did spot, mate, on the old Facebook was Mr. Callum White. He wrote in... the oh, of course. yeah. God of War was uh, mm. his favourite game, which is a very good choice. So I didn't want Sorry, to miss that. out.
1: Sorry, Callum. Like, you mentioned like, probably the best game the console's ever made. Didn't we
0: haven't <laughs> like, mentioned you.
1: Yeah.
0: How oh, dare we. Lovely yeah. little mailbag all done, mate. So, as is custom for these episodes, um, I was going to do a little bit of history of the year of launch, mate, just to get everybody suitably set up and cast minds back so i've picked out some uh, some facts here about the history of that year i actually went on the independent.com and it was a timeline of 2013 which is when this console came out and i only got to february and i'd already got about five or six interesting or slightly amusing facts i just stopped there but First um, fact being, I suppose, the PS4 launch. It came out November 15th, 2013, in America. It came out November 29th, 2013, in Europe, South America, and Australia. And it came out on February the 22nd, 2014, in Japan, mate. So a little bit later in the old Japanese market, which they must not be happy about considering they're a Japanese company. Why yeah. are they not getting it?
1: It's, it's gone all the way around the world first before it got yeah. back to end isn't
0: it? But uh, this is just to set the scene of timing. In terms of uh, 2013, then, mate. The Church of England dropped its prohibition on gay clergy and civil partnerships becoming bishops, providing they remain celibate. thought oh, that one was worth uh, calling out the madness of uh, religion and all that. Jimmy Savile is named as the UK's most prolific sex offender. So that was in uh, that year, mate, months of the year.
1: Talent competition.
0: HMV high street music stores went into administration after 90 years of trading
1: always used to go in there and never bought very rarely buy anything you just have a little little song around it
0: i would spend hours probably in that shop in york on days out shopping when i was at uni there and i would just wander around very rarely purchasing it but i spend a lot of time looking and looking things up online and going huh why are you selling it for $19.99 Nineteen ninety nine in here when I can get it for six quid online. Sarah, so no will
1: you please leave? You've been here for hours scoffing at our stock. <laughs> well. Uh, what were your uh, prices well, then? Yeah. Remember there was Virgin Megastars in York? And yeah. Used to yeah. go in there and play on the PlayStation, they had in there?
0: Barack Obama was inaugurated for his second term as the US president. Quite a controversial one here, mate. Looking back, David Cameron... Announces um, in um, his manifesto for 2015, which will promise an in-out referendum on EU membership by yeah. 2017.
1: Nothing That's came of think. that,
0: did it? So, Oscar Pistorius was charged with the murder of his girlfriend.
1: What well, an odd and, case! Mm, very strange. Shot right? at the door mm. and said, "Oh, I didn't didn't mean to oh, shooting holes in the door, then were you?
0: Right, mm, very very so, strange." Yeah. <laughs> And my last little fact on a lighter note, after some pretty uh, (laughs) death facts in there, Bayern Munich won the Champions League, mate.
1: Again, Mm. yeah, they've won six trophies in nine months, haven't they? Bayern Munich this season
0: doing very well, mate. Yeah,
1: uh, absolutely crazy like that. Yeah, brilliant.
0: So that's my facts of two thousand thirteen. Just to get suitably set up, I'll hand over to you, mate. What are your memories of getting the PS Four? What's what's your story of getting it?
1: Well, as for the PS Three, sort of was a transition into me sort of meeting them and moving in with uh, blah, blah, blah. I got the PS4 pretty much. I think we moved into our flat in Hull um, in that same year. So I got the PS4 in that same year. Games that I got, I got The Witcher, which I enjoyed. Um, it, was, it was pretty good. I remember sort of getting to the end of sort of each area because you were after a princess, weren't you? You were trying to save someone
0: yeah it was um siri who's his like daughter but she's not really his daughter like adopted daughter
1: and they were like oh she's not here and i felt like i was just playing mario you know when you get to sort of the end of each world on mario and you kill bowser and then the thing says oh the princess not here she's in another castle oh is she right it's like some kind of like ultra mega next gen version of super mario it was a bit (laughs) it was a bit crazy um it was all right that game i've not put it in the same sort of breath as god of war and all that so um i think i had bloodborne as well when that first came out Um enjoyed that it was the first major sort of game that i played and really enjoyed for the ps4 that i probably should have looked up before we did this but i haven't um but yeah the ps4 was a really sort of it took sort of the ps3 up to the next level didn't it um, the PlayStation yeah, Store. I think the interface became a, a lot more attractive and a lot better. Um, like you have themes for it and stuff like that. Um, I had the white PS4. Oh
0: right, okay. I've
1: not. I think it was because at the time Emma's mum worked at Tesco, so she got it for me on a like she used staff discount. So, um, don't recall launch day being anywhere near as sort of as exciting as the PS5 one was. And I think it's because I didn't actually get it on launch day. I must have got it maybe two or three months afterwards, or something.
0: Yeah, well funny enough, I was just looking up The Witcher because you were throwing me off, mate, a little bit there. And <laughs> you know, memory's a terrible thing, but that didn't come out till two thousand and fifteen, The Witcher. So I wonder if you maybe got it a little later. No. You think maybe the old PS Maybe I did.
1: Yeah. Maybe I did. So the wife's just turned up, so if she starts walking in. We know what it is, it's not a burglar. Um yeah.
0: Touch shooter through the door. I Oscar.
1: <laughs> Won't have a leg to stand on, will I? Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, um, it was the first sort of one with sound that came out of the controllers, I believe, wasn't it? That the PS5 yeah. does. Yeah, yeah. And the mic. It came with a microphone, which I remember using a couple of times, but it's really fiddly because the PS5 one's in the con. The mic's in the controller, isn't it? Yeah. The PS4 moment was just like that headphone. It was it's just like one old, headphone shit, and it had wire Fiddly, yeah. No. Get out. Um yeah, um I can't really remember what the first sort of game that I particularly really enjoyed on it was, but I think the PS4 was a console that I really started to get into my in- indie games, I think. Mm. Um like these little indie games that you could find on the PlayStation Store.
0: So Yeah, well, when, yeah. when they first launched the PS4, um, they did a massive thing on indie games, didn't they? Were really, mm. At the beginning of the generation, they were really, really pushing and supporting independent games. And, and they maybe still do to an extent, but not as openly. But, yeah, there was some really great little indie games towards the start, um, a couple that they gave away free right from the launch of it, you know, um, on the PlayStation Plus thing. So
1: yeah um that's about it really in terms of games that i played first started playing fortnite on the ps4 and i got quite into it to be honest but then it started changing a bit too much too quickly for me and i felt like an old man and thought i shouldn't be playing this really yeah Um, and then played other games so yeah that's pretty much it my memories of when it first came first got came came out
0: very good stuff mate very good stuff well I remember this one pretty well. Um, Obviously, it isn't that long ago, which is probably why. But, you know, as usual, I think I traded in a few bits to get it. I think in the weeks leading up to it, I traded in my PS3. um, So I was kind of without a console maybe for a week or two and um, had it pre-ordered. I actually went to the midnight launch game in town, mate, to get my PS4. Mm -hmm. Went into into town to get that. booked off a long weekend from Marks and Spencers, mate, where we both used to work. Um, I think no, it, eh? the Friday and the Monday off for a nice little four-day weekend.
1: I probably had to fill in, fill in, fill in. <laughs> yeah,
0: probably, man. that will be why you didn't get it at launch. No. <laughs> got a taxi Um, I remember in the middle of the night opening it all up, getting it installed. Funny enough, I don't think I actually played on it, though, that night because it was quite late by the time I got back. I remember savouring, getting it all installed. Um, I believe I remember getting it with Killzone Shadowfall, which was the main launch title with it. Um. I think I had FIFA 14 in Assassin's Creed Black Flag as well, which had PS4 free patches, so you could play the PS4 versions of them if you had the disc, um, which was good. Um, and those were the first games I had. Um, initial impressions of it, I, I remember really liking the controller. The controller was a bit of a step up, wasn't it? Because PS2 mm. um, and PS3 other than the fact that they became wireless, were kind of similar. And they are a little bit small, I always thought. But they made them a little bit bigger, didn't they? And put a slight curve to the design of the controller. Something they've continued with PS5, and I really like the controller for that. The design was quite cool. It was almost like a PS2, but like in italics, wasn't it? With that slight lean to the design, the kind of angular edges mm. on a yeah. slab, which I liked. The, the biggest thing for me, though... Um, you referenced a few things, mate, that it did better than the PS3 and well, but the thing that made this the most kind of next gen console or the biggest leap was the auto resume slash suspend of games. So it was the first time where yeah. if you were playing a game, you could suspend that game, open up something on the media bar, like Netflix, watch something on that, and then resume your game right where you left it without having to shut it off and reload. Yeah. That was the one thing I remember really jumped out to me about this console um, the only other thing to mention is on the controller quite annoying that the little rubber bits on the analogue sticks wore out after not too long on them so I hope that doesn't happen with the PS5 it hasn't so far but hmm. but yeah that's my memories of getting it mate
1: yeah it was it was just a big as I said it was just a massive step up once it. it um, so and having like play and stuff it just seemed to be sort of very quick the PS4 I remember when I got the PS5, I'm playing it for a bit, and then I switched to PS4 because so I gave my PS4 to my friend Lewis. And the difference was just remarkable, just like how much more, just how much quicker and everything about the PS5 is than the PS4. It's just um, quite telling, to be honest. It hmm. was... Um... Yeah, that's that's it for my when I first first got it. So yeah,
0: yeah, no, it's well, we'll move into our top five games then, mate. So let you go first. What's your number five on your list of top games?
1: So we were previously mentioning about indie games. So first one is a game called Hollow Knight, um, which is it's a platformer, um, and it was one of those. It's one of those great games. It was. sort of reminded me of games gone past um where you sort of unlocking you're unlocking upgrades um and as you get through the game you discover places that you can't get to you're thinking how am i going to get there it's impossible and then you unlock a skill later on in the game so you can go back so you can go back to that particular bit and go through um it's just unbelievably atmospheric um Really, really beautiful soundtrack. The ba- the battles were really, really good, so um, you sort of got locked in, especially with the boss battles. you got sort of got locked in to like a screen um and then you're using your various different abilities to beat it. The one thing about this is that you have no idea sort of about the health. you had no idea that what the health of the boss bosses were, so you have no idea how close you were to beating it. Um it was very much one of those games where you have to learn the patterns of like the boss battles and learning what they're doing before you could finally beat it. And once you once you learned sort of the patterns and things, um they didn't become too 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 bad. But yeah, and just some of the platforming as well, it got much more difficult towards the end of the game. Um had sort of that thing which I really like in games where you have like super bosses where you're fighting a boss and they're just really ridiculously hard and you've got to really put all of your sort of gaming ability and nows um, and skill into beat beating this boss. But when you do, it was, um, it was well worth it. So you basically set in this world where obviously you are this, this little knight um, and this thing called the infection has taken over the, the world. Um, so you have to go and beat these things in order to break this seal. And yeah, as I said, it the graphics are really, really simple, quite cartoonish. Um, there was no like massive open world where everything was trying to look as realistic as possible. Nothing wrong with that, but sometimes it's nice just to play a game where it's solely focused on like the atmosphere and um the gameplay. Um very, very simple, but very, very um, very simple, very impactful Hollow Knight. A really, really fun game. Put a lot, but probably most hours into that as an indie game as, I, as, as I've ever put in. Managed to finish it, thankfully. Um, it gave you like a percentage thing, and I think I got to like 105% or something. I think you could go up to like 130% by beating all the super bosses, but never quite got that that far. So, yeah, brilliant little indie game Hollow Knight. I think it was only about a 10 or so the best £10 I've ever spent, mate.
0: Happy days, mate. Funny enough, I actually played a little bit of Hollow Knight um, only a week or two ago. I think, again, it was either a free PlayStation Plus game or I just found it in my library of free games and installed it and maybe had half an hour on it and quite enjoyed it, mate. But you did well to complete it because I've heard it's a pretty gruelling game um, from uh, a few of the reviews I've read of it and whatnot.
1: Takes a lot of patience, Hollow Knight, and if you... If you can do it like um you collect you used to collect these things that were like coins. Um but if you died, you lost all your coins unless you went back to where you died and there would be like this shadow version of yourself and if you kill that you got all your money back.
0: Oh, very um, cool. but,
1: but sometimes sometimes he died before you got back to where you were, or you died in like this Really, really inaccessible place that you've gone through absolute hell to get to, and you're thinking it's just not worth going back <laughs> going back to get it. So, yeah, so it's quite like
0: a demon souls kind of mechanic, and Bloodborne's very similar, isn't it? Where you know, if you lose your souls, you get a chance to get back to that spot to yeah. reclaim them, otherwise, you lose them forever, which is cool.
1: Hmm, did you ever play
0: a game called Cuphead? No, but again, I've got it on my PlayStation, I think. Um, that there was Shovel Knight, Hollow Knight, and Cuphead all came out within the yeah. same kind of period, each of them were quite grueling, like platformers, weren't they? I think,
1: yeah, just like the sort of battle thing is sort of like just a 2D thing with your boss on the screen. Within you had to jump over it, hit it with various attacks, but it was nowhere near as difficult as Cuphead was. Yeah. So, yeah, Hollow Knight at number
0: five, very good, mate. Well, coming at number five for me, we've already mentioned it. Um, this. Uh, episode already but The Last of Us Part 2 mate was my um, number 5 Playstation 4 game I think um, Mm -hmm. what I'd say about this entire list is that this was one of the hardest lists I've ever had to put together in all of the episodes we've done so far, because when you start looking at the sheer quality of games that come out on PS4, mm. I don't think it can be rivaled by any of the other consoles. Um, just so many exit games. I've got a, a list as longer than my top five in my honourable mentions of things that could quite easily have slipped into here. Um, and I think the strength of this list is demonstrated by something like The Last of Us Part 2 only making number five. I think... Um, it's probably out of this list, the joint best or close second for the most beautiful games on the console. It came out quite late in the generation um, continued the story of The Last of Us, which obviously I loved. Um, really, really thoroughly enjoyed the game. there's a lot I would probably say about this game, but I won't because of the fact you're currently playing it, mate, and I don't want to spoil Mm. anything for you. There's something I'm not crazy about. When you finish The Last of Us, we'll maybe revisit it and Mm. whatever episode we're doing at that time, just kick it around a bit more because there's a lot I'd say about I wasn't too keen on the game, but I think they would maybe um, be kind of spoilers for you. But just a beautiful story, really, really great gameplay. looks fantastic. Um, so fully deserving of a place in the top five. Definitely didn't enjoy it as much as The First Last of Us. I think the story of The First Last of Us was stronger, but it improves every element of the gameplay, I think, in every single way, which is pretty much all you can ask, isn't it, of a, of mm. a- Next gen sequel to
1: a game, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, when I finish it, it may find its way into my top five. Um, it may struggle because there's some superb games, um, but in my opinion, anyway, that it may not be able to knock off. So, um, so number four for me, um, Detroit become human, becoming human. Wonderful, wonderful game. Um, as I previously mentioned on the. Previous shows, Tom <laughs> mops up his cider that just spilled all over his computer.
0: Yeah, sorry, mate. I, I, I've got ai <laughs> I was complaining to you at the start here. I'll tell the listeners. Every every week, I have a couple of beers and we do the podcast, a couple of ciders. This is a crate of ciders I bought over Christmas, of Bulmers. Every single fucking bottle I've opened so far fizzes up every time. So I was preempting it then. I had the toilet roll there, ready to get it. It still spilled all of that and went all over me. When we were saying earlier, we think that Tiff, um, my partner's expecting a little child, is shaking him up in retaliation of the fact she can't have a drink. Yeah. Sorry about that. Go on.
1: That's fine. Um, so to become human. So it's set way into the future. Um And basically... It's a very similar game to, as a game I mentioned in the past, called Heavy Rain, where as the plot develops, you can make certain choices and there's different sort of timelines that you end up going down, um, which affects the story. And you can basically play lots of different games in one in that in that respect. So so as I said, it's setting way into the future when people are using androids to basically be their slaves servants whatever you want to say and there's a bit of an uprising amongst the these androids cyborgs whatever the difference is um and so you're playing these different these different androids and you can either be sort of obedient or disobedient um I believe there's a bit where i believe it's a bit right at the start where it's a woman and she's living with this guy and he starts being a very abusive, and you can choose to fight back or choose to be obedient and things like that. And it gives it, it makes you make some crushing decisions. Um, so I'll say spoiler alert now, but it's a bit where there's a girl and this child, and they're trying to escape because the uprising's all gone a bit tits up, and these androids are getting systematically destroyed basically. And they're trying to go over the border to stop that from occurring. So it's a bit where you need to get on a bus, but you don't have a ticket. And there's this couple with a baby and they drop their ticket. And so you've got to choose whether to, you've got to choose whether to steal their ticket and save yourself or pick up the ticket and give it to them. But by doing that, your story pretty much ends because you end up getting killed. So your story could end at any moment of this particular character, or you can keep it going, depending on the decisions you make. It's a fantastic game. The replay value of that game is is fantastic. Um, I remember making trying to get everybody to survive and have the happy ending, and it just it took quite a few tries. Um, So, for example, when you're in a fight, you have to hit a certain button at a certain time, and if you miss it, you take damage. And if you do it too many times, then that's the end of your character, and you've got to sort of bring the timeline back up and then go back into the past in order to correct whatever happened that made your character die. And eventually I got there in the end where all the characters got there. Perfect ending, so to speak. But, yeah, I really love, like, choose-your-own-adventure games where you can where what you do determines what happens it's not just one story so yeah wonderful game hopefully we'll see more of those kind of games come out i think there is games like life is strange and things like that that are similar but i've not played those ones but maybe i will in the future
0: yeah um just to what you said, i have played um detroit and it was a really really good game it's, it's not on my list but it would have been more than worthy of a mention in my honorable mentions. Um, I don't know if you mentioned it, but yeah, it's the same people who do um, Heavy Rain and mm. uh, Beyond Two Souls, um, Quantic Dream really, really fun game. And, and just to your point, I'm really weird with those kind of um. Choose your own adventure games in that the whole point in them is that they're built to be replayed, so you can do things mm. differently. But I don't like to do that, it has to be what happens. <laughs> That's my story. And I remember um you are talking about the android and the little girl. I think I got all the way to like almost escaping, but got they got caught. Um oh. I know you the, the the other two characters like Marcus, who's like the first one who's a leader of the rebellion, isn't there? I think. Um yeah, I can't remember. It's... And then there's the other one's the detective guy, isn't it? It was like the police, detective, yeah. uh, android. I can't remember what happened to the main character, Marks, in mind, but I know the um, detective guy. I ended up as him being the leader of the revolution, and I ended up choosing to shoot myself on stage because you were being like, manipulated oh, okay. by like the corporations behind were trying to manipulate you, and uh, I'm pretty sure I, I kind of Committed suicide to stop that from happening. So that was quite a dark ending to the game for all three of them. Mm. I think in the
1: end. But good old, good old Connor.
0: Yeah. Oh, that was it, Connor. Yeah. Mm. O- on a slight odd tangent, have you ever seen the film *Cabin in the Woods*?
1: Mm, yeah.
0: What's really, really weird is if you, film. if you go back and watch that film, mate, the guy who is Marcus, the main character in Detroit, is in that film, and obviously they use facial scan technology, so understand me, looks exactly the right, same. Right, okay. But it's really weird going back and watching that film, and be like, fuck, that's that guy from Detroit, and it's <laughs> the same actor, but
1: yeah. I encourage you to all watch Cabin in the Woods.
0: Mm, very a, a
1: very, very fun film.
0: Interesting on it. Slasher, isn't it, that?
1: Yeah. Grab yourself a beer tonight and put it on. And Very you'll good really film. enjoy it if you're a big horror film fan. And it's a bit of a horror comedy. I hate horror comedies, but that particular one, I really it's enjoyed. It's quite clever,
0: so. isn't it? It's fair to say it's quite a clever twist on the mm, horror. Uh, Coming in at number four for me then, mate, is Horizon Zero Dawn. So this came from Studio Gorilla. Um, Guerrilla Games, who were most famous for the Killzone franchise, which has always been um, synonymous with PlayStation and been exclusives on there. Um, they decided to branch out on PS4 and start a new franchise, um, which is Horizon. Absolutely love this game. So the the kind of premises of premise of it is it's an open world game set in a futuristic setting. Other than that everything's kind of regressed to a past state where people move around in tribes. When they find um, mechanics and and futuristic things, they kind of worship them and don't understand them because they've got no history of where they've come from and it's this big mystery game ultimately of how is it futuristic but at the same time, they're kind of primitive, the the cultures and all of, not all of them, but a lot of the animals have been replaced by kind of machine versions of themselves and He plays a character called Aloy and she's kind of the hero of the game. As you go around trying to figure out what's happened and a lot of the machines are getting taken over by some, I don't know how to describe it really, but... Infection, if you like, that's causing them to turn kind of aggressive and attack where they didn't in the past. So, all about you trying to figure out why that's happening. Um, and I, yeah, I absolutely love this game, I'd thoroughly recommend people play it. Um, Horizon, um, part two, I don't know what it's called, um, I think it's Forbidden West, the smart hat is coming out on PS5, which I'm very much looking forward to. Um, but for a new IP and brand new franchise and, and series of games, I thought it did a really good job um, of, of setting itself up for success. And I think it'll be a mainstay, hopefully, mate, for many years to come um, with sequels and whatnot.
1: Mm. So it's it's one cool. of those It's one of those major titles that I've not actually played. I've played it, Tom. Um, just surprising because it sounds like something I would very much enjoy. Because um, I think it... It was on one of the trailers when the PS5 first came out, like the few weeks before they had those little um, showcases, didn't they? Yeah. I think it was one of those. Yeah. So
0: there's no real estate for it at the moment for the new one. But um, but yeah, it'll be coming out the next year or two, I'd have thought.
1: Lovely. Uh, Number three for me uh, Final Fantasy XV. Probably the most hours I've put into a game on the PS4, I think. Um, so I don't know what it is about Final Fantasies. They just do open world games so well. Um, like that there's no sort of wasted space or anything like that. They just nail it every time. Um, so storyline is very, very, con, very convoluted. So I won't even sort of try and go into it, but you basically play, you play this guy called Noctis who is working his way through the story. He's a crown prince, um, of the kingdom of Luc Lucas, Lu- Lucis where you, um, where the game takes place. Um, and you're with these three other guys. So you're with like Gladiolus, um, Ignis and Prompto. They've all got very different personalities. Um, one of them's quite a sort of goofy guy, one of like the classic strong guy, and then a clever guy. Um, so you work, working your way through the, the story as those guys. And, Graphically, the game is absolutely superb. The game marries brilliant graphics and visuals with brilliant gameplay. Um absolutely love the battle, the battle system of it. It's very much um walk you can see the enemy on the map, you walk up to him, wrap your sword out, and off you go. Um sort of very, very hack and slash thing like that. Um I really liked the hunts um of Final Fantasy 15. So you could go to this um go to various people on the map and they give you like a list of monsters that they want you to take down. There was one of them called the Adam Adamantoids, which was basically like a mountain that turns out it was actually the back of a massive turtle like creature. Now it wasn't that difficult to beat. It didn't have that strong an attack but it had like millions of HP. And it just took forever to take down. But when you did, very, very satisfying. And yeah, just the, the design of the enemies and the bosses in that game, I particularly liked. Like you fought this giant sort of mech robot um, that was designed by the enemies in the game. Um, again, brilliant soundtrack. Great thing about Final Fantasy 15 is you, you could per- well purchase in the game, not with real money. Um, soundtracks from different Final Fantasy titles. And you had like, a car, which you could travel around the map on. And you could just be cruising through this absolutely beautiful, glorious world with Final Fantasy 1 music playing, so... And Final Fantasy 10 music, excuse me, um, which I particularly like. Because, as I said, 10 is one my most favorite game of all time, so... Um, yeah, brilliant story. There was this place called the Pitios Ruins. <sighs> um... Yeah, rage, Tom, rage, anger, frustration, desperation, and it was like it was like this really dark sort of underground level that was all inside, and he had to. It was it was turning the game into a platformer, and it doesn't have the correct sort of mechanics to be a platformer. Remember, like as we previously mentioned about Crash Bandicoot, when he used to jump. But when he landed, he used to take like an extra sort of inch forward when he landed and he used to fall to your death. And that used to happen all the time. And, oh, my God, it's so frustrating. And I remember just like – I remember started playing it at about 4 p.m. one day, and I was still playing at like 9, 10 o'clock. And I didn't want to turn it off. It had a massive open world. It was – it wasn't – that massive and like it wasn't ridiculously big it was just an- enough for it to be really enjoyable so and he used to b- concoct recipes whenever you used to like save your game he used to go to a little campsite you put your tent up um and whatever you ate it gave you sort of like a buffer in battle so i think the best thing on the game was a lasagne like a lasagna and that like added like 20 to your strength and Stuff like that. And it's like, oh, how did you manage to beat that massive monster? Add a lasagna, mate. All oh, right. Okay. Classic Garfield in the <laughs> yeah. Final again. Yeah, it's so like I had some sushi, so all my magic went up. And but yeah, it was just it was a nice little addition to the game, I think. Um they're very good at inventing new ways to um add to the gameplay. So yeah, really good title, Final Fantasy 15. Um, can't wait for 16. And I can't mem- I can't believe that that was the previous one in the series to 16. It seems uh, like a, a decade between t- titles. So Obviously, we have Final Fantasy VII Remake, which be, part two will be coming out maybe next year, hopefully. So Yeah, 15, brilliant.
0: Good choice, mate. As I've said before, I've never played Final Fantasy games. I've got seven. I need to play it, but uh, glad you enjoyed it, mate. Hey. Coming in at number three for me then, mate, definitely one that we have referenced in... Passing in past episodes, but it's Red Dead Redemption 2 for me at number three, mate. Um, It was quite a divisive game when it came out, I think. Um, Some people just really didn't vibe with it, whereas others loved it. Fortunately, I was in the latter camp, which is why it's in my top three. Um on the ps3 episodes our last kind of playstation related episode red dead redemption one was my number one game um from that generation didn't like this one quite as much as that i didn't um think the story was quite as strong but i really really enjoyed this game ridiculous <laughs> massive open world um set in the old west it's actually a prequel to red dead redemption one so red dead redemption one you players um God, I can't think of what his name is off the top of my head. What the hell was the character called in Red Dead? I can't remember. i I'll
1: find, I'll find. I'll find out. Ah, for you.
0: God, that's terrible. I've forgotten. Red Dead. God, why can't think what he's called? It's not coming back to me. I'm gonna have to look it up.
1: Arthur Morgan.
0: Well, you play as Arthur Morgan in Red Dead Two. Who is it? I can see him in front of me, and I cannot think. John Marston, there we go, bloody not hell. That's him, yeah. So yeah, in Red not. Dead 1, you play as John Marston. Um, in, in Red Dead 2, it's a prequel, so you're part of the same gang as John, um, and you see a lot of the characters that in Red Dead 1, you actually have to hunt down and kill. Um, but in this game, they're obviously part of your crew. Um, Whereas kind of Red Dead 1, you it's coming towards the end of the wild west the cities are starting to expand into the space and civilization is catching up Um, this is kind of similar in that it's probably only I don't know 10 or 15 years maybe less before that game maybe even less than that Um, but it is still a little bit more wild west it's kind of like the Indians are still present on the plains and there's a few missions involved with them Um, really tragic end as there is to both Red Dead games Um, I think some of the biggest criticisms criticisms of it are the pace of the gameplay is quite slow like it's quite a slow paced game when you're out of action quite realistic maybe to its detriment in places but i mean i threw lots of hours into this game and, and really enjoyed it i think pacing's a little bit of an issue with it there are some quite lengthy bits like a random bit where you're on a island that you've washed up on or something that just seems a bit out of place but um Great cast of characters, really enjoyable missions. Yeah, um, fully deserved to be in the top three. And I think probably the most, well, one of the most beautiful games on um, on the PlayStation, probably just beaten by The Last of Us and Ghost of Tsushima. But really, uh, for the size of the game and the scope of it, really beautiful, beautiful open world game, mate.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I know what you mean with sort of the speed of it. Cause that's one thing I didn't like about it, it just seemed very sort of sluggish, not even like the story just sort of like the gameplay and that it just seemed a bit it didn't seem as sort of quick as Red Dead 1, but anyway Um so number 2 so I imagine this will no doubt be in your top 2 so God of War
0: this is Boy. my number 2 as well mate, my number 2 as well
1: mm, so we've previously mentioned it, but We've said before; it just seems a game that's that was ahead of its time, wasn't it? it the the storyline to it was incredible. The massive, like beautiful world. Did not seem to have a massive world? Did it? But it was incredibly be- beautiful world, like so original and so creative. Like you were just in your boat, just going in this lake, and there was a massive creature, like the massive snake thing. The world um, happened. The World Serpent, that's the one. Um, but yeah, and like, just the sheer sort of, the brutality of it, like just the way attacks hit enemies, it just seems so, like the brute force of it just seems so satisfying, didn't it, when you're using your axe to um, kill the, kill the en- enemies. Um, Do you ever pick the Val- Valkyries in God of War?
0: I beat every single one other than the Queen Valkyrie <laughs> and I tried and tried and I just would not lower the difficulty. Oh, I and have to. And the uh, experience <sighs> I gave up, mate, and didn't do it. I was like, if I can't beat it on this, I'm not, not lowering it. So I never beat her, mate.
1: Mm, I just had to because she was doing my head in and I just needed to beat the ever-living... Crap out of it. When we like, <laughs> you beat the the Valkyries, and he did like that animation at the end where he just slamming her head against the floor and ripping her mask off. I was like, <laughs> like, yeah, it was very, very satisfying. Um, But yeah, just like the the way that the two characters navigate the world, navigate the story together using their own little strengths um, and the different plot points as well, where he got into danger and he had to re- rescue each other just like the the characters themselves, like he had to constantly be being hard on the kid, didn't he? But deep down, it was all for his, it was all for his own good. And I mean, you, you, you could just go talk about it for hours, but it was just so, it's just such a perfect game, wasn't it?
0: Really was mate. I think, um, As I said, it's my number two as well. The weird thing about this one is, obviously, there's lots of God of War games. It's God of War 1, 2, and 3, which came out earlier on in the PlayStation's Generations. I never played them never played him originally. No, I, I had no, no connection with this um, series of games. And I know one of the criticisms of the original three is that the very fun kind of melee combat action-oriented games, but Kratos, the main character, is a bit wooden and not a lot of depth in him because he's the yeah. God of War. He's just an angry man. The yeah. beauty of the reimagining of God of War 2018 is that you, he has a son, um, Atreus and and the whole game really you, you're going on a on a not an adventure is the wrong word but a homage to um, his wife who's died, and Atreus, his mother, um, yeah. and you're trying to take her to rest, aren't you? Essentially, and and um, protect this boy as you go through and. Just that dynamic kind of similar to The Last of Us of where you've got somebody a little bit more vulnerable makes you really protective of him in the game and really invest in it. And it lets there be a lot more depth to Kratos' character as he kind of wrestles between this kind of vengeful, angry... God and a father to his son and he kind of doesn't do very well in places but then there's other bits where they come together and, and, and succeed and I mean, it's such a great game to your point mate, it is a huge massive game but it's not an open world and it's similar to yeah. what we said before, the term roguelike where you can you unlock shortcuts with different skills, knocking kind of chains down so you can climb up different areas and, and it kind of opens up as you play but um, absolutely visually beautiful. One of the things, I don't know if you ever noticed this, but one of the things I love most about it is from the moment you load the game up and you press X, the, the load screen, I remember, is just kind of like a forest. You press X and the kind of load bits just move away. And from that moment on, there's no more loading in the entire game. There is obviously subtly because you know you go through like a crack in the wall, and, and there's an animation where it's loading in the background. But it's just like a continuous cut. The game mm. it never goes to a black screen unless you die. Um, it just yeah. is a continual story, and just so such a great game. Like it could have easily been my number one. Um,
1: it's unfathomable what the next one's going to be like, isn't it?
0: Yeah, really looking forward to it, mate. And and I love anything to do with mythology. So God of War typically was around Greek mythology and and um, Zeus and the other gods. Mm. This is set in Norse mythology, where um, where you know uh, Kratos has had a child with somebody from Norse mythology, and and big spoiler alert, I suppose if you've not played it, stop listening now. But it turns out I think his son's Loki, isn't he? Mm. Um, and he's he's a his wife was a a frost giant and um kind of fight the norse gods throughout but really looking forward to thor appearing hopefully in the next summit because you fight a few of the kind of lesser known norse gods don't you in this one but you never really meet the heavy hitters um so that will be very enjoyable um when you when you finally get to it and Yeah, just I think the beauty of the game it comes down to that father son relationship as the son begins to learn more about who his father is and where he's come from and revealing who the boy actually is and yeah, absolutely amazing game. Boy,
1: boy, there was that awards the, the actors went to the this awards thing, didn't they? And they were they were reading out the winner of the next award winner, and the kids got like the card with the winner and he goes, read it out, boy. And the whole audience just go up in um, go up in applause. So, very good, that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that was my number two. So, mm. so your number one.
0: Well, what um, is my number one, mate? Let a little bit of tension build. I'm just going to pull my list up because I've completely forgotten what I put as number one as we got time like that. Number one for me, mate. I'm, I'm surprised this is my number one because at the time when I first started playing this to begin with, it just wasn't quite clicking and I wasn't quite feeling it. But this was the last um, Sony exclusive game that came out on PlayStation 4 just after The Last of Us in the summer. And it's Ghost of Tsushima. Right? It's mm. my PS4 game against some incredibly stiff competition. Um, it could be just because it was the last one I played um, on PS4. But this game, I don't really know where to begin. I um, the, the premise of it is it's set in um, feudal Japan on, a, on an island called Tsushima, and it's invaded by the Mongols on their way to attacking mainland Japan. And you was one of the kind of samurai... Um, and for those who don't know, in Japan, I think like the, the samurai were... Kind of is a class based system, so they tended to be from wealth and they owned the land. And you know, those lords, and, and similar to our kind of lords and ladies kind of situation. And you're the nephew of one of the kind of great lords of Tsushima, and um, at the start of the game, it's on a beach battling the invaded Mongols. And basically, the majority, if not all, of the samurai get slaughtered on the beach by the Mongols. You manage to survive escape it and your uncle's been captured and you decide to kind of turn away a little bit from the honour and the code of the samurai which is very about honour and doing things in a particular way and start to use more kind of guerrilla tactics and underhand tactics since you're only one man to um, try and help defeat the Mongols and and free your uncle Um, you play through this beautifully gorgeous map, Um, if you could write down a cliche of what Japan is in the best possible sense. You'd have that flirting like cherry blossom in the air, wouldn't you? The swaying fields of grass. And it's that just brought to life in the most beautiful sense. The combat is exceptional. You've only got one weapon, which is your samurai sword, plus a few extra um, kind of like throwing darts and things like that. And there's four or five different stances in the game you have to change to depending on who you're fighting, which give you different advantages when fighting certain types of enemy. It's quite a complex but very enjoyable combat system. I actually platinum this game, which is very rare for me. I've only ever really platinumed two quite meaty games, meaty by my standards anyway, which was Spider-Man, which could have easily been in this top five list, and Ghost of Tsushima. Um, There's some really good twists along the way with the conflict with his uncle, not being particularly happy with the fact he's chosen to not necessarily reject the samurai way, but have to do it differently. Like his uncle would have rather they both died with honor, whereas he kind of betrays that to make sure that they eventually manage to succeed. Um, And that causes a lot of conflict. It sets it up very nicely for a sequel. Um, And the final thing to say is this comes from the makers. I mentioned it on the last episode, um, PlayStation episode. These guys did Infamous before Ghost of Tsushima. So it was a total... Different change of tact for them to um, make this kind of game. I was disappointed there wouldn't be another Infamous because I always really like that series, but they did amazingly to create a new IP that did so well. I played this in the summer as well, which I think helps. You get nostalgic, don't you? Linking games at certain periods of time. I had a nice two week break off work. We Um, We're going to the beach every day, barbecues. It was when kind of COVID lockdowns had started to relax a bit. Playing this game all through those those two weeks and really, really enjoyed it. Um, The final thing I'd say is there's some really cool settings which I didn't really play around with, but if you're a fan of kind of, Old fashioned Japanese um, samurai films. There's loads of different picture settings you can choose. You can have it in like the kind of grainy black and white Mm. of samurai films. And there's a really cool mechanic every time you meet another um, enemy. There's kind of a standoff at the start where you can choose different (laughs) approaches with like
1: Kill Bill Siren soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh,
0: (laughs) But yeah, thoroughly recommend Lotus Achievement mate, You should be the next on your list after The Last of Us. I know you're a bit of a Japanophile, aren't you? So you'll uh,
1: mm.
0: very much enjoy it, I'm sure. So that's my number one, mate.
1: Yeah, it's certainly it's certainly on my list. It's an ever-increasing list, and a list that's got bigger doing this podcast. So I'm s- sorted until I'm about 50, probably. <laughs> um. So my number one, it's going to be tricky for me to explain this game, because it's unlike anything that we've talked about. So it's a little game called Undertale. So the first thing I'll say about this game is... um, So the Cyberpunk patch that came out a few weeks ago was, what, 16 gigabytes, wasn't it? Or something like that.
0: Massive like that, probably, mate, yeah.
1: Undertale is 300 megabytes. Oh, wow. So... Internet speeds today, you, you could buy this and download it and red, have it ready to play in about five minutes. Um, so, do you remember the? I'm trying to sort of com- describe the graphics now as well. Do you do you ever at school have those like BBC computers?
0: Yeah, like, really
1: old, like edges. There was one about
0: a dinosaur, wasn't there? Where played a yeah. Don't remember that, but
1: yeah, I do. Like really, mean. sort of old-fashioned. Educational games where I think we had one where you were a mouse and you had to get through the house and you had to like do math sums and
0: I'm just having a look at some pictures of it now, mate, so I can picture what you are on about Yeah. Yeah. Um it looks it like sort... Don't starvish in a way. If you ever played it. sorry. Starve. Did you ever play Don't Starve on PS? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks it's a little similar bit similar-ish to, that. to
1: that. So it's like a top down game with these incredibly very basic graphics. So you play this um this child who's fallen um, down this hole as they were trying to get up this mountain and you end up falling into the world of the monsters and the monsters were cast down there by the humans, um, after a war and they all were sealed in there through this thing called this barrier. Um, and so the monsters have been trying to collect human souls, in order to get the power to get through the barrier and go back to the human world. so. But the unbelievably unique thing about this game is you could get through the entire game um, as a level one character, having never killed a single enemy in the game. So you could choose... They call it like the pacifist or the genocide route. So when you're fighting an enemy... It's just so it's just so unbelievably deep the game, and you don't realise it until you've played it maybe a couple maybe a couple of times. So, so when you're playing an enemy, so you can either fight it just like a standard RPG, you fight the enemy, runs out of HP and it dies, or you can spare it. So, and the way to spare it, sometimes you just go to action spare, and you just keep doing it till the enemy just gives in and says, "All right, I won't fight it then." then occasionally sometimes you sort of have to learn about the enemy as you fight it and you sort of learn via the interactions you have through the each spare action that you do it sort it talks to you and through like the actions and sometimes even through the attacks that it does to you so for example there's this enemy that's a ghost and it's it's attacks are these tears and you have to try and avoid these tears with just moving this little red heart around and then you learn, right, well, it's upset, so maybe I should go to actions, tell a joke, and just to cheer it up. Yeah. And then you've you've cheered the ghost up, and then it's like, oh, well, you're not actually that bad a person. Um, and then you just spare the ghost. But you don't gain any XP through it because you've not actually defeated it. And so you just go through the game, like playing the game how you want to play I've only ever played it the pacifist route, um, and I've not gone through it again and played the genocide route because as you play through the pacifist route, you really sort of empathize with the characters um, and you sort of, you sort of develop a, a fondness and a friendship with these characters. Well, I don't think I could go back and kill them, like do a route where you actually kill, kill the enemies. Um, just the enemies that you fight are just so unique and original and even like the hardest ones are saying like, they can't quite believe that you're sparing them because humans have come down in the past. And this is one that turned out to be an evil little bast- bastard. And I think it's the one prior to the, your character. Um, So you can just do it however you like genocide route. I've only watched sort of videos about what that's like. And it's a very different story altogether. Um, Yeah. It's just so, it's so unique. Like the really fun, crazy characters that you, you run into um, and at the end, you fight this, the pacifist through anyway, you fight this thing called the, um, it's called Asriel Dreamer. And by this point, the other characters in the game have been taken hostage. And then to free the characters, you've got to show Asriel Dreamer, like what you've learned about those characters in this big epic end battle. So there's a character called Sans um, or Papa papyrus they're literally named after the fonts that their dialogues in that's cool so it's just such crazy little nuances like that um and then sans appears on the screen and you say to asriel like um no i've sympathized with this character because this guy likes puzzles he's lazy he likes a good joke and you can do like jokes with him and then asriel suddenly starts to become warm their heart starts to become warmed with this love that you have for these characters and eventually they and you end up sparing them and you end it on a good note um and that's sort of where the game ends so there's so many like um things online where it says like what happens if you do this what happens if you do that and it's just got it must have this really in-depth script for game, so there's stuff coming out all the time that people are discovering, like what happens if you beat um, Undyne and then you go back in the game to like the second bit and talk to this character. It opens up a new bit of the story. It's absolutely mind-blowing. I mean, I know I'm comparing this to God of War, but just the incredible depth and story in characters that, and just the, through the simplicity of these very basic looking at artwork of the characters. And it's all done through dialogue, basically. The script is just phenomenal, and yeah, it's as I said with with Detroit, it's a choose your own adventure basically. So it's very, very niche. I don't think it will be for everyone, um, but it's definitely worth a go. And at 300 megabytes, it's give Undertale a go, and that's my top PS4 game, mate.
0: Well, good choice, mate. sounds it sounds like an excellent little game. And just looking online, it. Got a 10 out of 10 on IGN, so you're not alone, mate, in thinking it's mm, a Yeah, very good game, mate. So um, an unusual choice, but that's what it's all about, mate, isn't it? Different strokes for different folks, as
1: Absolutely. Said. There was a said. Um, Absolutely. There was a sequel slash sort of parallel to it called Deltarune, which was just just as brilliant, and I hope that there's going to be a new one out soon. So.
0: Good I stuff feel them. that
1: I'll drop everything when that game comes out. So Yeah.
0: Oh, I'm glad you enjoyed it, mate. I think we've uh, both picked a very good top five each. Um, We'll move on to honorable mentions, though, because as I've already said, Mm. I've got quite a few on my list, which I'll quickly rattle through, mate, and then let you do the same. There's a few of these games I really kind of fought over what would appear in my top five and what would miss out and rejigged it a few times. First one to give a mention of is Bloodborne, which I know you mentioned at the start, mate. Um... I really love this game. I love the aesthetic of it. It's um, from the makers of um, the Demon Souls and Dark Souls games. Um, it's the first one of those that I ever played. Is it Definitely... sort of set in the
1: same world as that, or is it just an entirely different... i'm sure
0: if there was somebody more knowledgeable they'd be able to sit and maybe challenge this and say well actually there's you know bits where they are in the same world but my understanding is they are meant to be kind of different worlds but i could be totally wrong about that um but this game i think versus the ones that came before it in in the kind of dark souls series was and demon souls um was a bit quicker paced in terms of the combat um a bit more kind of frantic gameplay. One of the creepiest games I've ever played. Um, I'm praying that they do a PS5 remaster because I'm a bit of a graphics whore. And I have tried to go back to Bloodborne to give it a go again. I'm just a bit like, mm, doesn't look quite as good as some other games. I never finished it, which really annoys me. And I'd love to go back and play it again. Um, so like I said, if they ever do... That graphic uplift, I will give it another go. Um, the the brutal games, I've already talked about Demon Souls quite a lot, which was remastered for PS5. And I still haven't finished that either because it's just so hard. But really excellent games. Creepy, creepy setting. Um, so that one is worthy of an honourable mention. The Witcher Three, mate, which you talked about at the start. I really like that game, um, <clears throat> and that's deserving of its spot. I think it really up the level of what you expect from an open world game um, versus the the obvious comparison of the um, God, what they called Elder Scrolls, kind of Morrowind and Oblivion, and, right, and the, Skyrim. And, Skyrim, that's it, mate. Um, really up the level on. Bethesda that make those in terms of what they should be like.
1: It's um, amazing that that's not been mentioned before now. Yeah. Skyrim, yeah. because it was PS3, wasn't it? It was PS3. It
0: was PS3, mate. It was an excellent yeah. game. It, it's just aged quite a lot, I would say, and Bethesda games kind of went through a tough period for a couple of years where, particularly after The Witcher came out, people were very critical of the game engine because they are very clunky to play um, and very archaic, and I'm hoping that in the Games have got lined up to come out um, in the future, they, they improve that. Um, speaking of Bethesda, though, Fallout 4 was one I just wanted to mention. Um, Fallout 3 as well, I never even talked about on PS3, but both of those two games. Are, I had a uh, problem with games. that game. Did you? Because,
1: to be honest, I don't know what my expectations were, perhaps wrong, but I remember playing it and like the nuclear shit goes down. And then within like 10 minutes of the game, I was like running into other people. And I thought, oh, I thought this was like a survival game. It's probably my own fault. Like, I didn't expect to be running into other people. I thought it'd just be like a surviving um, against sort of whatever you came up against. But yeah.
0: Yeah. Very, very good games, mate. Very good games. Um, if you ever fancy going back to the mm.
1: Um
0: Spider-Man, I had to mention... Platinum this game, really loved it. Obviously recently played Miles Morales, the kind of semi-sequel to it. Um, Go play it, that's all I'll say. It's a really, really good game. So fun to play and great gameplay. I
1: bet the first thing we did on that game was go to the Empire State building and... I mean, if it it wasn't,
0: you've got to reassess yourself, haven't you, a little bit?
1: Yeah, because I think that was the tallest building in the game wasn't it he's
0: one of them at least i feel oh. like the, the the stark or avengers tower might have been yeah the, yeah yeah taller, but you got to go
1: to... Center freedom tower wasn't in that game was it
0: yes you've got to go and um climb the tallest buildings but the, the gameplay of it's really, really excellent story as well mm-hmm. um i'll just rattle through the last couple mate um resi 2 remake i love that game uncharted 4 the ps4 um PS4 Uncharted game. I feel like in the last episode I was talking about games Naughty Dog had made during that generation and I missed something out but obviously they made The Last of Us um, Part 1 remaster of a PS4 Uncharted 4 and then Last of Us 2 during the PS4 generation so pretty productive <coughs> year, um, generation sorry, of games Couple that I played towards the end of the generation mate t- Tony Hawk's remaster just a wonderful trip nostalgic trip down memory lane um and the f- final two on my list were doom 2016 i remember the doom games from the place uh, from the pc era and uh, i love them but i played doom only maybe you know 6 months ago really enjoyed that and i'll play doom eternal at some point the sequel come
1: someone they got a print you know like a like a photocopy's got like a screen on it like, someone managed to program Doom onto that screen on the fucking photocopy. That's amazing, isn't it? It's like, why? But also, why not? Well,
0: but yeah. well done for doing it.
1: But Yeah, absolutely.
0: And um, the final one, um, and I want to get the name of this right because it's just escaped me a little bit, but it was a Star Wars game they did, um, Fallen Order. Um, I want to say, it was a, I want to say the Last Jedi, but I don't think it was that. I think it was just Star Wars Fallen Order. Um, let me just double check that name. I, don't want to... I
1: can't help you there, mate. Not being a Star Wars, um... no,
0: not it was Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Sorry, I just couldn't quite get right. the um words right, but it was a bit of an unexpected You had right, right,
1: right, right all the parts there, you just didn't put them in the right order.
0: That was it, mate. Yeah, um, really, really excellent game. I mean, I love Star Wars as I've said before. This was quite an unexpected one, um when it came out in terms of how well it did. It had a lot of bugs in it, but it was very good. Little FYI, there is a free PS5 upgrade patch for it, um, which I've had a little play on, and it does look beautiful, and hopefully it's um, fixed some of the issues. The Wookiees on that game, mate you know, the kind of Chewbacca character um they looked horrific on the ps4 <laughs> version like honestly it was like ps2 level graphics just going to google images now <laughs> mate and type in
1: star wars.
0: go in and type in star wars fallen order wookie i'm just going to do the same just to remind myself but they looked horrendous i <laughs> <I'm> just <laughs> it literally looks like a ps2 graphic kind of thing um <laughs>
1: That <laughs> particular yeah. image of it yeah, yeah. Um, really really poor but the rest of the game it looks like someone just in yeah. Halloween costume as a freaking wookie doesn't it what yeah. is that yeah it's,
0: just,
1: but it's the like game... a dog Come out of the rain.
0: The weird thing is, there were parts of the game that looked beautiful, other parts that looked like trash. There was quite a lot of bugs with it. The gameplay was stunning though. The lightsaber combat in it, and the Force way—you know, the, some of the Force stuff you could do and deflecting the laser bolts—really great it didn't, game. And, it
1: didn't do justice to the wookies.
0: It didn't, mate. Justice for the wookies. Um, and just to find a final little note on that, mate. Because we've already talked about Titanfall. It's from Respawn, the people who made Titanfall. So start to throw that. In All right. The but that's okay. it for me. Those honourable mentions, mate. Anything from you?
1: Yeah. So I think my first honourable mention. I've mentioned it in previous episodes. But uh, Resident Evil Biohazard. Um, it all takes place in a house, and like just sort of around a house, and the whole game's in that house. And it's just remarkable what they do in such a small space. Oh, the story, as all Resident Evil games are, is just absolutely bloody mental i don't know what the story is i'll be open oh, but hands up and i can't remember what it is cuz it was just so bloody weird um like there was i think like there's this family and they all go a bit bloody mental and they all start turning into like demons and really bizarre zombies at one point one of them becomes like massive and you're fighting them in like the little boathouse, and oh god it it's an absolute mindfuck but it's pure resident evil it's that was a really fun game uh um Stardew Valley. <laughs> God, two very contrasting games. So Stardew Valley was a cute little farming game. Which I know it, it sounds a lot better than it is, but it was such a fun game, Star Stardew Valley. It had like a little village. And you used to just build build your farm. It didn't really have a plot to it. It was just a nice little cathartic little farm farming game. But quite a few hours into that one. Just cause. Loved playing just cause. Um, so that was a very explosive stupid game wasn't it um, blowing up oil rigs blowing up bases and I always used to try and um, just get a sniper rifle and instead of just going and all guns blazing just using my sniper rifle to kill every single enemy soldier in the base um, without being spotted it's just like a little challenge just to give myself um, another indie game it's a sort of like a it was sort of 2d but 3d platformer um called inside which is a very 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 dark sort of melancholy um game quite quite hard um but it was it it was the right amount of challenging that made it addictive and really fun and you had to get past these massive freaking spiders um dragging like blocks in order to climb up the block and get to a new thing using different mechanisms and machines in order to progress through the game brilliant love little indie platformers like that as i've said with hollow knight um, and um, you could say undertale as well Um it's more of an rpg but yeah i've tried to find some ps5 indie games but i don't think they're all quite being released yet but um hopefully I think Little Night... There's a game called Little Nightmares that was also good for the PS4. Sort of very similar thing to Inside. And yeah, I think, I think there's, there's a
0: new one of those that just come out. New
1: one, it? yeah. So, yeah, so there's a new Little Nightmares 2. It's a lot more money than I thought it was. Bloody hell. It become a victim of its own popularity, but it was like 35 quid, and I'm sure the Little Nightmares 1 wasn't that much, but um, maybe in the future. Um... Yeah, that's pretty much all my honorable mentions there, mate. To be honest, some very uh, good
0: games, mate. Yeah. I, I've actually played a little bit of um Resident Evil Biohazard, um mm-hmm. and got a fair bit into it. And I do intend to finish it at some point, but yeah, very good game. Um, I never played Inside, but I played Limbo, which is the same creator. Oh, yeah, yeah, I,
1: of I, is Limbo I'm as well. basically.
0: like Limbo, yeah. So that was a kind of indie PS4 game I remember playing. Um funny enough yeah, when you talk about...
1: was one with the big spiders actually. They're very, very similar, yeah, they are easy very to draw lines good. between yeah, them.
0: But I remember Limbo being very good. Um, Stardew Valley, I've never played, but I was I, it struck something in my mind, did you? You might already know this, but did you know it was made by just one person?
1: Toby Fox, I believe his name was. Or was he Undertale?
0: I was going to say, it's Eric Barone.
1: Oh, uh, that's him, yeah. Toby Fox is the tail, yeah.
0: But how mental is that? Just him and his girlfriend, oh. the only people to play, test it before it was released. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. And he'd never made a game before, which is even more impressive, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's brilliant. Just like these prod projects that they take on in the bedrooms and that, and it ends up... It's, well, it's made them, hasn't it? That game would have sold millions of copies. so.
0: 100%, mate. All all the best but no great selection of games there mate good uh, good honorable mentions so before we move on to the final segment which is any other business i thought i would do what we always do mate and have a look through 10 unknown things you didn't know that the ps4 could do now you'll all remember that in the last episode on the ps3 um this was a shocking list of very poor facts that i managed to find i haven't pre-verified these so they might be also terrible i think the, the challenge this one's got as well is that it's a newer console so we might know yeah. some of these but um number 10 not a strong start um it allows you to switch quickly between apps very true it, it does let you switch yep. very quickly between things we know that um number nine i sort of knew it could do this but i've never done it so it's quite interesting you can stream it to your mobile phone so I've, it yeah you i've, you I've remember doing it. this
1: before yeah
0: i've done it with my laptop but not with uh, my phone
1: hmm. oh yeah to my yeah i've done it with my laptop cause when the in-laws came instead. round just turn the ps4 on and Put it on your laptop brilliant
0: happy days mate mm. a feature that's also on PS5 because I've used that on my PC uh, on my laptop as well um, once or twice this go. is a cool feature I didn't know you could do this but if you've got the PlayStation app you can download stuff remotely and um, I've been doing this with my PS5. Some days, if I'm sat at work, busy away, and suddenly think, "Oh, I fancy playing so and so tonight," I can start it downloading from my phone on the console, which is really cool. Such um, a good
1: feature. I remember on the PS4, sometimes just buying a game, and you're really excited about. It. You put it in, and it's down. Oh, you can't <laughs> play it today. Come back next week.
0: Yeah, some of the download oh. times were ridiculous on that. Yeah. Um Number 7, um, or 7 out of 10, um, it's only the third one. Um, it allows you to play Spotify, which I think mm. I, I never did, but you can play Spotify through it. Quite mm. a cool-looking interface in the image I just looked at. It allows you to log in with your face. It has face recognition technology if you're using the camera with it.
1: Remus mm. My- Mysterio would have struggled with that.
0: This is one we wouldn't have liked. Yeah, he would have made yeah with the old mask. This is one we wouldn't have been a fan, as, fan of as children, mate, but the PS4 allows you to control your kids' gaming time so you can set rules on how long they can play and kind of have surveillance of what they're doing on the, on the computer.
1: Turn it off.
0: It allows you to no set more. a time per month of how much they can play.
1: Been seen playing games with Guns. On that
0: topic, just a quick pause in the facts. I'm just going to try and remember what this website was called, but one of my friends, Luke, um, sent me a message the other day. Um, Go to a website, Graham, called wrapup.playstation.com, and this gives you some facts about your um, usage of your PlayStation. I don't know if it'll work. It might need you to have um, been logged in. Um, But it gave me some facts, such as I played 71 or 72 hours of Ghost of Tsushima, apparently, for the Platinum. But there's been some debate about how accurate these things are, Um, but it's quite a cool little website. So wrapup.playstation.com if anybody's interested, and uh, it'll give you facts on your game time. While you're looking at it, I'll keep going through our top 10 list. Fact fact, um, four out of ten is that it allows you to save to online storage. So again, a cool little feature if you use PlayStation Plus, you don't have any fear of losing your save data because it all goes into cloud storage. Um, que- uh, number three is that it allowed you to watch your favourite shows. So there's a lot of multimedia stuff on there, Netflix, Amazon. How are you getting on up on the wrap-up, mate?
1: I'm stunned. I'm amazed by it. Because I was saying Final Fantasy, oh, there's a remake. Because I thought of Final Fantasy, this is in, oh, right, 2020. 16. So I'm just thinking aloud here. Because um, apparently I put 126 hours into Hollow Knight. Jesus. Top, top genre RPG. No shock there. Top genre hours, 158 hours playing RPGs.
0: Very good, mate.
1: Total hours of gameplay in twenty twenty. Fucking you know. hell. One thousand four hundred and sixty six.
0: <sighs> like I said, I don't know how accurate these things are, but um quite interesting to look at. And I had some shocking playtime for kind of Fee from Pro Evo games, put a lot of hours into those. Still should at the mind. Yeah, it is really interesting. I'm just trying to get mine up on my phone. Now this isn't great listening uh, <laughs> yeah. for you all. Apologies, but I'm just trying to get it up. Just
1: to... But yeah, got... there's, there's some good little stats on here, to be fair. Um... Oh, I've gone off it. No,
0: never mind. But yeah, have Go a little on. look, guys. It's quite interesting. I don't know how accurate it is, like I say, but it's it's interesting. Um, Yeah, so lots of multimedia stuff on the PS4 that you could um, watch. You could use voice commands, Graham. Um, If you had the camera and microphone, you could speak to it and tell it to do different functions. Final fact, and these weren't as bad as the PS3 ones, but still not great, because I think this has been something you could do on multiple generations, but you can use your Vita as a second controller, mate. Um, You can use a PlayStation Vita as a controller.
1: Save, save, Save you some money, won't it?
0: It will. So that's it for the things you didn't know about PlayStation Four. And other than any other business, mate, that is it for this episode and for our retrospective views of the consoles. We um, we'll get our heads together over the coming weeks and months. And you know we've already said we want to eventually do a PC related episode, mate. Maybe do a Nintendo episode at some point and just reflect on memories of Nintendo consoles. Perhaps going we'll to do some wrestling stuff and. Uh, mm. Yeah, you've got us stuck for a little bit longer until we run out of ideas.
1: Right. Maybe a movie one. If you have an idea that you want to hear me and Tom rabbit on about for an hour and a half,
0: send send it in. Send it in. Do as it. long as it's not shit, we might do it.
1: <laughs> Indeed. So yeah, um, any other business news, nothing's going on in the world, so I've got nothing, nothing really, nothing that interesting.
0: Yeah, it's a pretty steady time of year for computer game news, mate. Um, at the start of this, actually, I'll admit to you all, I said to Graham, oh, shit, I've not done anything very any of the business. Um, so I've got Gamespot.com open. Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, which is going to be the second PS5 exclusive game after Demon's Souls, because all the other ones have been backwards compatible, is coming out on June 11th. I think I, uh, despite having never played a Ratchet and Clank game, might give that a go with it being a PS5 only game um, to see what it can take advantage of with the console.
1: Can't see where I'd fit 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 that in, but I look forward to hearing about it from when you are going to play it.
0: You've got a lot to play, man. You need to work back through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else have we got? Jack Black will play Claptrap in a Borderlands movie, joining Kate Blanchett, Kevin Hart, and Jamie Lee Curtis. Me and Graham were saying earlier. I've never really played Borderlands. It's a bit,
1: yeah, it's uh, a bit too, it's a bit too daft, isn't it?
0: Does insist on on itself for sure. <laughs> um, what else have we got? Anything? Oh, um, yeah, final bit of news from me for the wrap up. Um, <clears throat> we might have mentioned this in the past, but HBO have announced that they're doing a Last of Us TV show. As we know, um, it's going to be from the creators of Chernobyl, which I actually watched a couple of weeks ago, mate. I know you. Oh, what a series! Me. Very Absolutely much enjoyed brilliant. Chernobyl. It's the same people who made that. End of cast, their two leads. So, Joel, the protagonist of um, The Last of Us, will be played by um, Pascal Pe- Pedro Pascal. I think he's called or something like that. He played Prince Oberyn in, in Game of Thrones. If any of you. Um, Watch that show, and um, joined from the same show of Game of Thrones, Ellie's going to be played by little Leanna Mormon, who you'll remember as a very feisty character as Lady of Bear Island in Game she of Thrones. She was in
1: um, His Dark Materials on BBC as well. Very oh, very, very good, good series, Very,
0: very good. Um, but she was badass in... Um, Lord, in Lord of the Rings in Game of Thrones I'm sure she'll be excellent in, in The Last of Us as Ellie um, and it is Pedro Pascal I just looked up who played Oberon who's going to be playing Joel I've never seen him in anything else um, I wouldn't have picked him out of all the actors in the world to be the person I think would play Joel but I've looked up some images of him and looks like in some other TV shows he has played some quite gritty looking characters and actually in, even in some images that's a bit of a look at Joel so I well, like to do him. a hat
1: trick and just have Jamie Lannister as him yeah like a rugged yeah. Jamie Lannister could have maybe play him
0: maybe he could have played his brother mate it's
1: Jamie fucking Lannister <laughs> yeah
0: but that's it mate that's all I've got anything else you want to add before we bid farewell to our uh, dedicated listenership
1: <laughs> um no I think we've, we've covered the piece far well sad that we're approaching the demise, well not the demise, the end of the journey of the PlayStation, so we'll see you again in about 27 years when we can afford a PS. Well, Another this might have
0: like, to be I the imagine. end of Season 1, mate. Maybe our next yeah, episode on the app will change to Season 2 and it'll be a new uh, new beginning for the Alright Mate podcast. Absolutely. Well, If there's
1: anything you've <laughs> may- remembered about any of the Playstations, send, send it in.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and on that note as well, um, it's likely, we haven't properly discussed it, but it's probably likely that our next um, episode will be reviewing an old WrestleMania and talking about classic WWF and WWE, so if we've got any wrestling fans out there, do write into the um, Facebook or Instagram pages with your thoughts and what you'd like to hear us talk about, and we will uh, maybe do it with maybe work, but absolutely. that's the bottom line.
1: because Tommy said so. It's if you smell, yeah. If you Absolutely. smell a takeaway, which I'm hoping.
0: Oh, It sort of yes. may all have oh, a
1: similar thing where it's a Friday off, Saturday night. And you don't know what to have for dinner. You're waiting for the person to cave. Should we get a takeaway? Yeah, but you don't want to be the one to do it. You want the other person to do it. Oh, go on then. Well, I know we. spoke... I said we're having salad tonight. But go on then.
0: I'll tell you a tale, mate. I went downstairs just before I finished work to grab a, a, a brew, and uh, Tiff was loitering about the bottom of the stairs shall we get a takeaway tonight and we'd said we weren't having a takeaway till march 1st because we've had quite a few recently after christmas been lazy we've also got our big shop coming tonight so fridges will be full should we get a takeaway well we said we wouldn't oh go on so i think we're getting a uber eats mcdonald's for tea tonight mate. so there we go beautiful very
1: good anyway enjoy it
0: thank you and then, yeah absolutely if anyone else is enjoy it enjoy your Fridays and your weekends you might be listening to this on a cold wet Wednesday so apologies for that but uh, one last thing to say mate thanks for listening and oh, oh right, right there. There.